Hello everybody, this is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Values. Get it. And I'm Vern Value. Well said. And uh, we get together every week to talk about Value Line's weekly investment survey. This week we're here to talk about the November 24, 2006 edition. And uh, I want you to know we're 25-year Wall Street analysts, so we do this for a living. We've been forced to go underground to bring you our candid views. Our bosses would never allow us uh, to share these thoughts, so we disguise our voices. Hence the disguises. Taken on secret identities. Our wives don't even know where we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have a lot of disclosures on our website, www.thevalueguys.com, but be fair warned, uh, we, uh, we, we're doing this for entertainment purposes only. Now, we are trying to get the stock picks right. I own a lot of these stocks personally, and I tell you when I do. But it's entertainment, so take it all with a grain of salt. It's the weekend, and, uh, you know, we might have had a few drinks. You have no idea what condition we're in, so uh, bear that in mind. You know, it's also right now, it happens to be very early morning. I I'm Keep that in the front of your mind. I'm barely awake, so <laughs> I have, I'm, you know, just, I can't focus. So... For that reason, we're uh, we're gonna have Vern go first. I'm gonna be back. In, oh my God! Uh, I have to yeah, go first. Yeah. No, didn't you know that? Oh. Okay, I should have mentioned oh. that. Vern's Ooh. going first. So uh, I'll be back at the back end of the show uh, this week. You know, Value Line talks about the bank industry, financial services, computer services, and the internet. Um, I'm gonna be back to talk about. <laughs> I always uh, like the variety Value Line. Well, this is actually uh, half of it is uh, is services actually you know so that's pretty oh, good. That's right. Yeah. But uh, I'll be talking about uh, AJ Gallagher, a financial services company, insurance broker, right? A company I never heard of, so let that uh, be forewarned. Electronic data systems we've talked about before, and Amazon. Uh, just a couple words on that. I would note that uh, you know the market's been good. It's a pretty good period for stocks. The uh, Black Friday's been declared, uh, I guess, a, a success by somebody uh, other than for Walmart. Oh, Walmart, you know. yeah. But you know, uh, consumer goods are doing well, and you know the the employment numbers are good. Interest rates are good. I'm I'm thinking it's looking pretty good. And 07's shaping up to be a decent year with the Democrats in power. Nothing will happen in the government, so that's positive. And uh, and the market's apparently decided that the, the Fed is going to actually cut. So yeah. uh, inflation numbers have looked a little more moderate. They do. So I think it, it's, a, it's a good environment. It looks like about 1997, and those three years after that were pretty good for the market. So I don't know. Vern, I'm, I'm bullish a little Boy, bit. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think things are looking pretty good. But anyway, you're up. Vern Value, everybody. Job earlier. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to lead off with uh, a return to a... Name that we've talked about a couple times in the past, um, Expedia. So I'll keep this quick. Um, EXPE is a symbol, but uh, market cap very respectable, five and a half billion dollars. Um, let's see. Founded by Microsoft in '95, spun off in '99. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the I remember that. And then the travel-related assets of Expedia, the pure Expedia. Um, was uh, spun off in August of 2005. So not a lot of trading history. That's why Value Line has no, no rating, rating for this. Sure, stock. they don't want to venture out like you want to, Vern. And I always look at the no rating uh, Value Line stocks because they're they're often takeouts. Yeah. But the other reason or new spinouts, uh, right? Is lack yeah. of history, and, and there's you know, some good stocks there. Right. Uh, Expedia, uh, according to Value Line, recently is 1666. 
compared with all-time highs of 27 and a half in uh, both 2005 and 2006. So stock well hasn't been doing highs. that well. Uh, oh, it just got it's got it just crushed got basically. Crushed in the first half of this year. Yeah. Traded uh, below fifteen dollars. Um, earnings comparisons. Uh, but let me let me let me refresh. Quarter. You've talked about this. If I recall, what you like about this is they have a franchise in serving the travel industry. Well, they're the leading. They're a leading anyway. They've they got say. Some online kind of travel service company, and I think that uh, uh, there's uh, growing brand awareness, uh, and that um, uh, the financial performance is kind of striking. And I, I'm not sure exactly what the business model. Uh, is 10 years from now, but right now what they're doing is they're linking up with major product providers, and Expedia is serving as a uh, as a front end for them to you know attract to business. be online, right? And so uh, recently, um, you know, what's the news? Each each time that we've talked about Expedia in the past, there's been uh, some kind of news development uh, in terms of a new uh, partner that they've signed up. So this this time around, something Ex going on now. Expedia and Citigroup, uh, ah. I guess for a, a uh, one of these reward uh, loyalty reward programs. But yeah. more importantly, a five year agreement with United Airlines that puts United's all of their inventory and published fare schedule onto Expedia. Similar agreement with U.S. Airways announced in August. That's probably the one we talked these about things, last, last time. time you talked about this, it struck me that, you know, it's like a, a traditional distributor. You build the warehouse, you get some trucks, and then you go out and get customers, and they're slowly adding people. It's hard to get the customers people. without having the warehouse and the trucks. Right. Exactly. So they're slowly adding people to their fixed cost structure. Their uh, top-line growth recently 5%, driven by hotel end of the business, decline go. in uh, worldwide air revenue, and that's part of what the United thing is trying to address. Uh, now, I'm, I can't represent myself as knowing all the particular details of what's going on. Or really business, much about it at all, we have to say. We yeah, okay, to be fair. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Ouch. That was awfully, that was awfully no. close to a no, vital no. organ. No, I'm sorry. No, I mean, we know something. They've, they've, got, they've got a growing market share on a big service business. Well, let me tell you what else I know. Okay. okay. I know that uh, the stock is 1666. I know as of the end of September, I had almost a billion dollars in cash and only a half a billion dollars in debt. Uh, even with 300 and uh, some you know, million shares outstanding, I got about $1.20 in uh, surplus cash. So I really have a stock that's closer to 15 and a half, I think. I've also got free cash flow. Uh, value line showing cash flow $1.80, capital spending $0.30. Cents. Yeah. I I, that's I believe good. that's at 150 would be the uh, remainder. Well, and these, they're not even cranked up at this point. What so are their total revenues? This revenue? is like 10 times. You're talking about the the valuation here is basically 10 times free cash flow if I had a debt free balance sheet. Book value 16 and a half, 17 and a half. I mean, we're basically at book. Now, of course, supported by this massive amount of cash, which is probably an equity raising. I mean, they, but it's also somewhat risk free. They're not cash flow negative right now, are they? No, that's exactly so it. So you've got, I've got this strong risk aversion of free cash flow. Yeah. So I'm not sure why. I mean, it may not have the growth rate that the market thought, but don't be confused by the 21 PE. This is a this is, looks like a fairly cheap stock to me. Whether it now maybe it should be a cheap stock. Value line says. Long-term earnings growth to their magical times in some no, mystical future, five yeah, years from not, now, yeah, three to eight years from now. Undefined time period, yeah, is eight percent. But 
they're guessing. They don't have any better idea than I get, do. Aren't they going to just get a percentage on all of travel at some point as they become the conduit for people to book travel? Isn't that what we'll I, I think? I think this is very interesting. Anyway, Expedia. So do you uh, like it? Or? Let's see. Where were the low? The low looks like it was uh, $13 earlier this year. So it has bounced. Uh, anyway, we like Expedia. We also think uh, Popular Inc. looks interesting. Although it's anything but with Value Live. They lowered their rating to five. How popular is it? Uh, well, if five is good because it's more than four <laughs> or three, then yeah. I'd say very popular. Okay, great. Uh, they're a, um, in, the, in a bank industry, because that's what happened. You know, I'm looking through the banks, and uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, Sonovas, they're, they're ones. I mean, as usual, the, the stocks of Value Live rates, excuse me, the highest are those that have the highest price momentum. So... Um, that's not usually where we're looking for our favorite ideas, and that's certainly not the case here. This is a stock that our company apparently has run into some significant headwind in uh, the collapse of the housing market um, and what may have been a fairly low-quality mortgage loan portfolio. But uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Other banks, because of this sort of shift in uh, market sentiment that uh, the Fed could be close to easing, the economy no one knows. Be, it's all uh, growing slowly, but right. um, looks stable at a, you know, Well, the yield curve has moved of... to a spot where it's harder for banks to make money because oh. they're loaning and borrowing at the same rate right. now, whereas, uh, you know, the Fed dramatically reduced rates after 9-11 uh, to, to prop up the economy and probably did a good thing yeah, doing but so. And... But in the last year, that's really shrunk up. I think that you know, that's caused people to be a little more concerned about the banks. I don't well, know about these guys. Well, actually, most of them, if you look at the charts, uh, as you go through the list, uh, most of them have been running recently, um, I think, because, you know, the there, Fed's was, easing now. there was a great right. deal of concern. Now that yeah. concern's eased, and um, I think there's some thought on the part of equity investors that uh, the bond market is uh, is discounting you know, a better a better growth environment too heavily, or and that uh, there's going to be room for uh, long-term rates to come up a little bit, and maybe the curve looks a little better, and then maybe the banks can do a little better, something yeah. like that. So anyway, the uh, the problem that they've had, weak credit quality, non-performing loans jumped to over 2% uh, in the September quarter. Uh, their charge-offs are pretty high. I kind of glanced through a few of the others. But the stock is down about 50% from its all-time highs. Sort of looks like it's trying to stabilize here around 18, which is where it is. And the thing that sort of struck me is that at a 23% discount to the market, a 14 PE basically, um, the valuation looks a lot like all the other peers, but they most of uh, most of the peers have some kind of diversified earnings strategy in place and maybe a little better credit quality that's being it's being able to sustain growth and uh, the uh, earnings per share line taking big hit at popular Inc going from almost two dollars and05 to a dollar 35 no six so where, where are their banks Just where are their banks I'm Puerto sorry. Rico? yeah right principal subsidiary is Banco Popular in Puerto Rico with a ton of branches in all in Puerto Rico but they have 135 branches throughout the US oh and the thing that I like about it value line very last paragraph and value lines a little write-up continues to capture market share within the growing Spanish-speaking population in the United States. 
I think they've done, you know, from what I know of them, they've done a very see. good job marketing themselves so to the growing. They're his, taking their Hispanic known community. franchise in Puerto Rico and expanding it to Translate, the Hispanic community exactly. in the United States. That, right. why, that makes perfect sense. And historically, very nice, stable growth track record. Of course, with uh, a housing boom at its back, maybe that's been a, a, an important contributor. But return on capital, I'm sorry, return on equity um, from like 12 and a half to 17 over the last 10 mm-hmm. years so you know call it an average of 14 or 15 now down to 10 and a half so i see upside i don't think the basic uh well this might be an know, acquisition candidate as well i have well uh, there's also an acquisition involved here they bought e-loan um but value line says there's some more cost to come out of that so well just uh, look at the, the book value here some. is 12.55 these things banks have been you know selling at two two times book sort Easy. of to start yeah. and so why Often isn't there three. just a ton of upside here? right so that's what I, i'm looking huh. at a I, and i got it some yield 3.7 percent so that's pretty cool um yeah. i thought that looked uh, you know I, for a morning that's a pretty good pick that I may, it may take a while to uh to develop um subject to what's going on with credit quality but uh plus they have that quiet like psychological a, thing like of the name the working on you all the time yeah that they're on all the brokers bpop yeah um, be popular, popular ink. Um, so I think that's going to make you know work work its you'd way think through. That, uh, you'd think that that you'd think that that musical based on uh, the Wizard of Oz would have uh, you know helped them a little more here. With the, they had a big song that came out of that show. Never mind. I'm not. I don't uh, watch shows for for me. It's stocks, stocks, stocks. <laughs> I don't even know what you're stocks. talking about. Third stock I'm going to talk about today is Verint Systems. I've never heard of this before. Symbol is VRNT. Market cap 1.1 billion. So uh, the small end of mid cap, if you will. Uh, they provide, as according to Value Line, analytic software based solutions. Boy, is that. You know, I think I've heard that one before. Uh, for communications interception. Every company in the space does that. <laughs> they, they, they do That's this for the problem. communications interception. That's a nice euphemism, okay. right, for wiretapping. Digital video security and surveillance. Okay, so video, audio and video. Yeah. And enterprise business intelligence. I don't know if that means corporate spying or what exactly. But well... I don't uh, know. That's a third of revenue. Already we're in trouble just saying Security this about them. Security is two-thirds. Ah, they're going to start uh, monitoring me. <laughs> they collect Their products collect and analyze voice, fax, video, email, internet, and data transmissions. Geographic, America's 55%, Europe 33%, Asia 12%. That's interesting as hell. Just what it is is interesting, yeah. right? Okay, now let's see if the stock is interesting. Uh, stock recently 33.70. P.E. almost 25, okay, hmm. on what? Earnings of about a buck and a quarter. And so a 33% premium to the market, no dividend. Sounds very expensive, right? Hmm. But I do have $266 million of cash on my balance sheet and no debt. So I have a debt-free balance sheet. And I should try to get some bond tie-ins I've or got uh, I got about $6, $7 surplus cash. I'll just count six. I'll say that I need to maintain... You know, forty million dollars for working capital purposes uh, because I'm growing rapidly and I don't want to overpay the banks. Um, so six bucks off of the thirty-three, so about a twenty-eight dollar stock, more like twenty-one times earnings. Top line growing twenty percent, coin value line. Uh, free cash flow is above a buck and a half, so 
you know, twenty-eight dollar stock. I'm still I'm pushing you know eighteen times free cash flow. But sometimes to buy quality growth, you gotta um, you I mean you gotta look for value in a relative sense, right? Now the problem here, the reason the stock could even you know we could even talk about maybe liking this at thirty-three bucks is let's see, uh, high price, oh four oh five was uh, forty-two forty-three dollars, so it's well off its highs, kind of gone sideways for the better part of the last oh, two years or so. And the problem is that apparently there's a cloud of something hanging over the stock because their parent company is Converse Technology. Uh, owns 59% of Verant. Hmm. Converse, if so, you're not familiar with them, this is symbol CMVT. That's not the shoe. No, uh, not Converse. This is right. com like communications. This is a four and a half billion market cap stock. Where let's see, somebody uh, value, here's Value Line's headlines. They're bolded like sections in the text. Um, Converse has been dodging delisting from the Nasdaq for a long time. Second one is the culprits behind the company's current state of disarray are being brought to justice. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and the one I love. The company should be fine once these concerns are in the rearview mirror. <laughs> what is this guy, a lawyer? Uh, Kobe Alexander, former CEO, uh, used fictitious names to generate stock options and then created a secret slush fund to evade the company's written plan on issuing them. Okay, that's um, starting to sound bad. Mr. Alexander <laughs> sparked an international manhunt, oh, recently God. captured in Namibia, Holy and making extradited to the U.S. <laughs> so this is Converse, not recommending Converse, okay? No. Converse no. owns 59% of Verant. Verant hasn't been filing financial statements either. And uh, it says the reason, this according to Value Line, is an ongoing review of the parent company and their stock option grants. The possibility that the review could have an impact on Verant's historical financial statements. So I can't, I can't speak to that. I don't know why it could have an effect if the parent, I mean, were there some variant option? I mean, well, maybe seem... they're going to have to go after that guy and his ownership of this company. Maybe it's in play in the sense that uh, he'll be forced you know, to I'm do thinking, something I'm thinking to it's more technical settle. than that. I'm thinking that maybe there's some hmm. suspicion that there should have been some expense recognized at variant that wasn't. But I don't much care about that because that's all non-cash anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Wow. Certainly intriguing. Uh, <laughs> interesting word for it. Well, um, you've got to go and read the. Uh, I mean, that's worth clicking on Edgar.com and reading well, you're the gonna, 10K. Obviously, you're you're going to need to spend interest. a little bit. I've never even heard of this company prior but to today. But just for the entertainment value, just what it must say in there with this guy being, you know, Kobe Alexander. Uh, that's a converse. Uh, Variant, though, I mean, the thing I like about it is, you know, what's Varent, what's uh, Value Line talking about? They're benefiting from growing demand from government law enforcement for advanced communications interception technologies. That's pretty cool. Wiretapping, in other words. The demand particularly strong for video surveillance of mass transit systems and seaports, which is what people are clamoring for, and the Democrats have promised to uh, enact some kind of enact some kind of expensive onerous legislation that'll yeah. force everybody to put all you know hundreds and thousands of cameras everywhere you have a boat being unloaded so um this, you know there might even be some possibility of uh of accelerating growth here so uh Varent systems check it out vrnt and uh
I think I've uh, I think I've uh, fully stayed my welcome at this point. Okay. Should turn it over to my well, partner in uh, Polkatrude. Does that what is that even? I have no mean. idea. You I just needed made a that word. Okay, here we go. Beverage break. Yes. Mm. Delicious. Uh, it's coffee though and strong because I'm still ba basically asleep. This is Val. And uh, I've got a couple ideas this week. Um, fortunately, most of them I know something about. One I've never heard of before. I don't let that... Uh, Why let it stop us? It's for entertainment. It's sometimes more entertaining the less we actually know, I think. So let me just get right in here. Uh, bank industry, I know I know nothing about banks. I usually just pick them based on where they are. Vern's is in a Hispanic country. Uh, well, you it's know, not a country. Uh, it's a that's protectorate. Right. Okay, right. it's a protectorate. Absolutely, I, I mean area and uh, moving here, it makes perfect sense. Go with your customer and grow with them. But I don't add any value there. Uh, financial services. There's a lot of stuff in here that is, I think, pretty commodity oriented, and uh, margins have been driven away. First, Marblehead's worth a look. I looked at that. They have a fairly interesting niche serving the student loan business but it's moved a lot I can't own it here but it's uh, you know kind of an interesting company I uh, do have a monopoly but it's expensive uh, then I moved down a little bit uh, Arthur Gallagher this one I want to talk about page 2153 I actually bought this a couple of weeks ago Arthur Gallagher according to value line it provides insurance brokerage risk management and employee benefit services to a wide variety of commercial industrial and institutional government organizations 250 offices in eight countries basically if you're a business and you need insurance you call an insurance broker and insurance brokers uh, figure out how to you know basically uh, take care of that risk they they pass it on to a variety of insurance carriers who want to you know uh, put money up to take the risk. These guys don't actually insure anything. They just find the insurance companies that are appropriate for the risk that their client has. Uh, you may have heard of Marsha McLennan. We have talked about them. They're the biggest insurance broker. And about uh, two years ago, the whole industry got into some trouble because this gentleman, Mr. Elliot Spitzer, uh, now the I've the, heard of him. Yeah, you're gonna hear of him. He's the governor now, and uh, so that's good. We don't want to be on his bad side. He's got a great uh, campaign and won the election and all. But um, Mr. Spitzer came after this industry a little bit and uh, put sort of a cloud over a way that the industry had done business for thousands of years back to caveman days, where well, sort of created the sort of was working the idea that commissions inherently are bad. Well, commissions are bad. You know, it's the same idea, of course, on Wall Street that commissions are bad. But in any case, a whole, you know... You're going to want to, like, sell something to well, somebody. Well, somebody needs to get paid to sell something. And I think, you know, there's a natural element that to get paid the most, you should have the best thing to sell. And uh, so I think some of that takes care of itself. But in any case, uh, Marsha McLennan, A.G. Gallagher, others had a form of revenue coming in that was based on who they might recommend for insurance and the client may not actually know they were getting paid on the other end uh, just like the uh, brokerage business as a matter of fact but in any case uh, so the company and the industry was under a little bit of a cloud a few years ago and I don't think it's fully lifted um, and we've also now turned into what's called a, I think it's called a, a soft market where you know pricing is under some pressure because of excess capacity and things like that. It's very cyclical. 
Uh, what I do notice about A.G. Gallagher, and it's also true for Marsh McLennan, is a long history of superior returns on capital uh, in the 20s. Um, you know, going on and on. Also, you know, something nice, very little debt, 11% debt to cap. Uh, they're showing cash flow per share this year of a buck 85, next year 215, which is cheaper, or rather, you know, it's a, it's a higher multiple than I like to pay normally, but uh, you're getting a 4% yield. I do think you have a very consistent cash flow over time, and, you know, insurance is just apt to continue to be part of what. Uh, America needs to pay for, and A.G. Gallagher is gaining share. Uh, they're, I think, number four or five in the industry. You know, you haven't heard of them, but the industry is continuing to consolidate. One of the opportunities for Gallagher right now that, let's say, a Martian Mac wouldn't have because they're simply too big is that they can significantly improve their size through uh, acquisitions. And we're, we're moving through a period right now where because of some soft insurance pricing, the whole industry has gotten a little bit cheap, and this is a time when Gallagher typically goes out and makes a bunch of acquisitions. They've got basically a debt-free balance sheet. And if you go back to the period, you know, that looks somewhat like this, uh, just looking back here on the value line, you know, in the in the sort of 97, 98 time frame, in the next couple years, um, you know, in a period that felt a little bit like this one, they went on a little bit of an acquisition spree. They did add shares, which they may do again, but generally made only accretive acquisitions and doubled the size of the company over a period of about four years. And I think we may be shaping up for a similar opportunity for them now. You're not paying a lot for that. It's a little bit of a discount to the S&P 500 multiple. Uh, you do get a yield. It's covered well by cash flow. There's very little CapEx against the cash flow. So uh, it really is about 15 times free cash flow. I might look at that as a 6% yield plus growth. Uh, growth might be, you know, according to value line here, book value is going to grow 12%, earnings 14%. So yield plus growth, which is, you know, an old sort of Ben Graham uh, uh, shorthand evaluation. You get about a 20% return here. You're paying a slight discount, and you just put it away. It's a financial, you know country's getting richer. Okay, moving along um, down the financial services side, I was looking for something proprietary. I do own Principal Financial Group, which I may have talked about in the past. Uh, they show that as a financial services company. It's really evolving as an investment management firm and very interesting. I may revisit that another time, so read that on your own, 2167. But I came upon this Wright Express Corp, page 2172, have you ever heard of this in your life, Bern? No. I've never heard of it. This is like Expedia. There's not much history. It's like Expedia. There's a lot of opportunities created by the Internet, uh, including you know us talking to you right now, but it creates this fixed cost at the center, and then you got to go out and get customers. Wright was a spin-out from uh, Sendent Corp, the old CUC International, which created a huge you know conglomerate of service companies, in all kinds of things. You probably one time bought some kind of thing from CUC and didn't know about it. They were in travel services. They had uh, cheap electronics offerings, insurance. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, household finance was something they owned at one time. They were in the loan business. Um, but in any case, um, they spun out this little thing, Wright Express, in an IPO in February of 05 at 18 bucks. Now it's at 30 bucks, 30.27 close on Friday. And so it's done well, 
but I note that you know the, the company was spun out with very little equity. So while right now it looks like the debt to equity is high, 62% debt, you know, capital, debt to capital, um, but they're they're posting 60% operating margins, which suggests to me that there's something very proprietary going wow. on. What they do is uh, I'll just read what ValueLine wrote. Wright is a provider of payment processing and information management services to the commercial and government fleet vehicle industry. Uh, they provide the uh, transaction data, analyst, analytical tools, and purchase controls through a nationwide network of fuel and vehicle maintenance locations. Wow. Well, as corporate America owns cars, which they do, um, there's uh, you know value in tracking these expenses, and particularly as fuel prices go up, the cost of fuel for a fleet of cars is so high that it makes sense for someone to be paying attention to all that, just like you pay attention to your medical expenses and you get an HMO. Uh, this seems like it's probably like an FMO, where you have problems with your cars, rather than have all your employees take them down to the local shop and get ripped off. Fleet maintenance. Yeah, you have a like you that. have an organization that has already figured out. You know, they have some you know big fleet deal for fuel, so they get discount fuel. They have some big fleet deal for repair and paint and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, the the value of that is in the savings from having them go you know somewhere on their own. Corporate America is outsourcing all this stuff, and they're willing to do it at huge operating margins, 60%. So that's my favorite number on the page right now. Also, growth is pretty good here. It looks like they're growing at about 20%. This is not rated by Value Line right now, ladies and gentlemen. Value Line has a big uh, dash on the timeliness. Safety, they say, is three, which I think is probably driven by the debt to cap. But the most, one of the more interesting things is equity here is growing like mad because it started at such a small base when it got spun out. Firms don't like to spin out people with any equity, because like, that means cash. They like to keep all that for themselves, spin it out with debt, which is what they did for this. But now it grew you know, 70% growth in equity uh, this year, and it looks like you know, another 30% or so next year. Returns on capital are actually going up this year, I think because in part they were... Uh, losing money, you know, as, as a as a subsidiary at some point, but uh, returns on capital are approaching 30%. Returns on equity are coming down from 50 to 40 simply because equity is growing so fast. Uh, it still trades at a discount to the S&P 500 multiple, 16 times earnings. Cash flow is growing from 74 cents last year to two bucks to 250. That's probably low if what these guys are doing right now is uh, going out and adding a lot of customers uh, to their existing fixed cost base. So um, now ValueLine says that this company's earnings are, there's one stable thing about right, and that's how, uh, how much the earnings fluctuate. So that's, I guess, in part because of fuel prices. They use some derivatives to hedge that, but, you know, sometimes that whips you around. They're taking realized and unrealized gains in their income statement every quarter, and as fuel prices move, that's going to cause some problems. Uh, they posted some non-cash charges recently. I suspect a lot of that's due to uh, coming out of the spin-out, non-recurring. They're going to restate some things, again, because of you know being related to Ascendant and all that. But uh, this thing looks like they have some type of uh, annuity on fuel and maintenance, and it's cheap and probably a big opportunity to gain market share. So... I like that, right? Express WXS 
is the ticker on that. What do you think of that? I like that one. And then uh, one I've talked about before, Electronic Data Systems, page 2196. Is this the uh, one with the Navy contract? They have a big Navy contract that if you look at the chart, you can see where it where the stock collapsed in 02 is kind of when that was signed. Yeah, okay. And uh, since then, they've been working their way out of a hole. They've renegotiated the contract several times. It's been a cloud over the stock and really a big cloud in the sense that is EDS relevant if they can't serve the Navy? I mean, what are they, you know, there's no yeah, bigger customer. Exactly. So they're finally turning that positive. And, um, you know, uh, they're obviously uh, taking uh, advantage of the outsourcing trend that's going to most likely be with us, uh, you know, for, for forever, I'd say. Uh, they're showing a little bit better uh, revenue growth than expected, a little better earnings growth than expected right now. And uh, we've talked about this in the past, so you can go listen to a past show. We're all indexed by ticker now on, uh, uh, you know, on, on Yahoo, for example. Uh, so you can go see that. But three months ago, six months ago, right now it's still trading at, you know, six times gross cash flow uh, of four bucks a share this year. The stock at 27 or 420 going to 480. But they are spending some money here. Um, CapEx is going to run around two bucks. So even on free cash flow, they're trading it just over 10 times, and they've got some kind of annuity on technology infrastructure well, maintenance like, spending. Like 13 times. Yeah, so well, 13 uh, times. Anyway. that's cash flow. So EDS, you know, big company, uh, annuity, um, market share on uh, outsourced uh, technology maintenance. And then finally, uh, let me talk about one I've talked about before. I own this one. I, I do not own EDS anymore. Uh, this one I own, United Online, page 2243, ticker UNTD. Uh, this is a very interesting little company. They're in the top ten of uh, uh, trafficked Internet sites, but you probably haven't heard of them unless you've been to classmates.com, which they own. They own the portal juno.com. In fact, I think management... Uh, came out of the old uh, net zero, if you remember that. And when the bubble came, the dot-com bubble burst, they bought some very well-known properties cheap, managed to keep their own IPO cash, continue to have a fair amount of cash, and then bought Juno very cheap per subscriber. They bought the old bluelight.com out of Kmart very cheap per subscriber. And as, uh, you know, the Internet moved from a dial-up world to a broadband world, they have, uh, I think, you know, pretty cleverly bought some interesting, uh, fairly well-trafficked properties, including Classmates that they bought about two years ago and got a very nice deal on that. Classmates, arguably, is one of the first, you know, group of social networking sites. They don't have the uh, you know, the, 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 the fame right now of uh, MySpace or Facebook or things like that. But they serve a giant group of people. Uh, I think they have 100 million people signed up on there to find old friends and obviously classmates. But they do things with the military, with jobs, with uh, all kinds of groups and organizations that you can go and find people on there. And they're right now in the process of trying to monetize that. And uh, as we've seen with valuations for space in MySpace, you know, this can be tremendously valuable, but they're figuring it out right now. Uh, then they bought a little thing called MyPoints.com from United Airlines, which becomes a, uh, 
you know, a, a place to store and affect mileage points when you buy things on the internet. So as they do that, they get this growing list of people's names, addresses, email addresses, etc. cetera. Uh, they get a little annuity on them, basically all of e-commerce, and they slowly grow market share. They paid about five times EBITDA for that. Um, they are earning a tremendous uh, fee for these continuing you know, uh, dial-up subscribers. Now, granted, dial-up is going away. I think they have about 3 million, and they're eroding at about a 10% annual rate. So it's a dying business, but these are people who are paying $10 a month. That's $120 a year at 80% gross margins. It's a giant cash flow business. Now, it's going away. This company's challenge is to take that cash and buy properties that are on the Internet uh, that can generate advertising uh, revenue and other types of revenue uh, based on services and things like that. And they seem to be doing a pretty good job of it. Uh, they're earning, you know, mid-teens returns on capital, uh, which is pretty good. They got an operating margin that's in the mid-20s, which to me I see a high operating margin. That always suggests some type of proprietary franchise or business or trademark. Um, they have, you know, a buck seventy-five, a buck eighty in cash flow with very little capex against that. One of the things these guys do extremely well is they understand the science of attracting customers on the internet. So unlike a, you know, a failed competitor, Earthlink, that blew a lot of dollars on television advertising to get you to their high-priced uh, DSL service, United Online spends hardly any money. Uh, they simply add things onto their existing websites at no incremental cost to attract uh, new clients to their growing list of other services. They own some photo sites. Uh, there's probably a dating, you know, uh, I think there's some dating sites coming and things like that or may have them on classmates. So uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, Internet advertising is one of the few advertising channels growing compared to TV, newspapers, uh, and magazines and such. And uh, I think they have a real shot to, uh, uh, you know, to grow with that. It's not without risk. Of course, if their dial-up subscriber base falls off faster than they can migrate to uh, an ad model, then, you know, you got a problem here. But you, you don't have a huge problem. It's less than 10 times free cash flow. They have uh, a lot of cash. They got a 6% yield. 6%? Well, they, they, uh, they decided to crank up the dividend about a year or two ago. It could be, you know, it depends what they do. I think if they found a great, uh, a, a great acquisition, uh, they, they, you know, they, they'd probably have to uh, cut the dividend. But uh, presumably, uh, right now, this is their best use to cash, and they are out on the uh, lookout for a, you know, five, six times EBITDA type of purchase that they can leverage through. You know, they touch over a hundred million people a, a month or uh -huh. in in uh, on the internet. So. Uh, cash position 154 million, so that's now about two and a half bucks a share. No debt. United Online UNTD. And with that, uh, that's all I have this week. You uh, said you were going to talk about Amazon at the top of the well, show. Well, I just think Amazon. You know, I'm a fan of uh, efficient businesses. These guys have transformed. Uh, you know, shopping online. They do it better than anyone. They built a giant physical footprint to serve you well. Um, they evoke some of the memories of Walmart when it took advantage of some new technologies like, for example, the interstate system and uh, satellites to communicate with all their stores. Um, these guys are, you know, using the Internet. Uh, they've moved their operating margins down toward 5% with some... Um, 
in increased expenses for shipping. They've got some great deals for shipping. I'm a customer, as everyone is. I just admire that they're trying to be best of class. They're pushing their operating margin down to give the best deal to customers. They're evolving carefully beyond books to hook up with other corporate sellers of things through their engine. And uh, But unfortunately, the reason I wanted to talk about it is it's just still too... Uh, you know, too darn expensive to own. Yeah, it's no. uh, 40 times cash flow. Yikes. And they... Uh, and they don't make any money. Well, they make a little bit. The, the, the one thing they have going for them is they've got some very high returns on capital. Well, in part uh, because they... I mean, you only got to have to go back, you know, two or three years and they had, you know, well, deficit. they they uh, had negative equity for quite some time. They've just turned positive. Right. And this year, you know, they're going to double their equity base. Their equity base is growing very rapidly right now. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily help their cash flow per share grow any faster. No. So I'm looking at something that's a bit expensive. But anyway, anyway uh, I'm a fan my, of the company. Okay. I wanted to just talk about the valuation too expensive. Uh, to review then, uh, Val liked this little thing. I think my favorite stock this week would be this little Wright Express, WXS, on uh, page 2172. And then, uh, you know, I'd wade into this uh, uh, United Online. How about you, Vern? Popular uh, Puerto Rican bank growing in the United States. Uh, you know, fear and loathing affecting the stock. Take advantage of that. Expedia, actually pretty cheap once you sort through the noise. Look at the balance sheet. That's what we like. This okay. Week. That's what I like. This I week. also just want to say I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving holiday. And so do I. Certainly I'm, I'm thankful we for all of our listeners. We had a and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're very they're good people. Each each and every one of them. They're terrific. So, see you next time everybody.